God, we just come before you this morning into the house of the Lord with joy, with thanksgiving. We come to praise your name, to lift your name and bring you glory. Let's stand and worship together this morning, church. I search the world.
forgiveness and his grace and his mercy and that our mistakes don't define us but his love defines us as his child. 1 Corinthians 15:10 says, but by the grace of God I am what I am and his grace towards me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God who's within me. I sing of that grace this morning, church. What gift of grace is Jesus my redeemer? There is no
all can be seated. My name is Jim Moyer. I'm the pastor of Discipleship and Family Ministry here at Camp CC. And as we continue to worship our Lord Jesus in song this first Sunday of the month, as our custom, we will also worship in communion. And this first Sunday in June, um, we approach the start of summer. And I say, hallelujah. I look back at the last six months, nine months or so, and realize that for many in this church, many in our community, it's been a tough season. It's been a tough season for my family. And I know that we have been through a lot. I must admit though, in this last season, I'm tired. In fact, I would say I'm weary. This past season of my life has been difficult. And maybe you feel the same way. Maybe you've been going through some tough stuff. Let me just say, weariness is more than simply being tired. It's more than something physical. It's spiritual. It wears on our souls and robs us of our joy. And it's not new. It's been around since the fall. And every time we have times of trouble and um, uh, difficult uh, situations in our life, we can become weary. And the Lord Jesus knew weariness. But Jesus specifically addressed weariness. He says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It is in our communing with Jesus, the time that we spend with him, that we find rest. Do you sometimes struggle as I do? I, uh, I forget and I lapse into thinking this relationship with him is based on my performance. The reality is it's based on his acceptance of me, of us, when we surrender to him. So this is what communion is about. It's about restoring our soul. It's about remembering what Jesus has done and what he, he's called us to, the life that he's called us to. So take a few moments this morning and say relax, take a few deep breaths and allow Jesus to minister to you as we partake in communion together. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for your son. Thank you for his obedience to come to this planet. And ultimately he was killed and buried and then resurrected. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for your love that you initiated and you pursued in us that we can say, the Lord is my shepherd. He restores my soul. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. During the last Passover meal that Jesus had with his disciples, he began a tradition that the church has observed for over 2,000 years. And on the night that he was betrayed, Jesus took bread. And after giving thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body. Do this in remembrance of me. Eat of it, all of you. said, this is my blood of the new covenant, 
do this in remembrance of me. Drink of it, all of you.
cast my life to Calvary, where Jesus bled and died for me, and I see His wounds, His hands, His feet, my Savior on that cursed tree. Just think back and imagine this, this body bowed and drenched in tears. They laid him down in Joseph's tomb. The entrance by heavy stone. Messiah stood.
begun. With churches represented all across America, in faith, we are believing God to do more than we can ask or think. As we look coast to coast at the faithful leaders of the Converge movement, what will God do? How will he move in a new and fresh way? What is the potential for lives to be changed? And for God to be magnified like never before? To reach more people with the gospel, Converge churches have committed to plant 15 new churches in the Northeast, 30 in the Mid-Atlantic, 60 in Mid-America, 50 in North Central, 7 in Heartland, 25 in the Great Lakes, 15 in Rocky Mountain, 25 in the Northwest, 25 in the Pac-West, 35 in the Southwest, and 25 new church plants in the Southeast. That's 312 new churches from coast to coast by 2026. If each of these churches grew to only 200 people, that would be over 60,000 lives impacted. New churches reach new people in new ways. Let's start something new. Well, good morning. Welcome to Camarillo Community Church. My name is David Hurtado. If we haven't had a chance to meet, I'm the lead pastor here. Glad you're with us. Um, you just watched a video about our family of churches, our association. The old name for that would be a denomination, but we've since gone away from that name simply because we're completely autonomous and we don't want to give people the impression that somebody's telling us what to do. Certainly not, but we do believe that we are better together. There's about a thousand churches in Converge across the country. We are part of that, and uh, we are trying to make a um, headway on a big issue. We had a second video. We just had some technical difficulties today, but uh, the second video showed how the church is dying in America, the Big C Church is dying in America. We're closing more church doors every year than we're opening. Uh, people don't realize this, but there is a life cycle to a church. It's about 60 years. It's well documented. Uh, from birth to death is about 60 years. Now, we're trying to thwart that life cycle here at Camry Community Church. We already have 60 years of history. To be able to thwart that, you have to make a lot of changes and reach another generation. If you've been here for the last five years, you've seen us make a lot of changes, and I do believe that we're making some headway in reaching another generation as well, as well as trying our hardest to make sure that our legacy generation feels welcome as well. So that's a hard thing to do. But we're trying to get into a second life cycle, which would get us to 120 years. Not an easy thing to do. Most churches don't do it. And they die at about 60 years, and we're seeing more, more doors close on churches every year than we're seeing them open. And so our denomination, our association, our family of churches, Converge, declared this weekend to be Church Planting Weekend. And so we thought it'd be fun uh, to do something special on this weekend because of that. I find myself uh, in, 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 in legs in two different worlds. One world is to make Cameron New Community Church the best church we can possibly be to get another 60 years out of this church. Uh, another foot in a different world would be church planting. I'll be in October in Dallas, Texas again uh, this year, uh, assessing about three more church planters for the L.A., San Diego area to see if we can get three more churches started. Um, I was there last October, and there was somebody from our region that we were assessing who plas passed the assessment. Uh, full green light was the only out of 30 couples there that got the full green light, uh, and um, and he's going to be here today to speak, and we're going to celebrate church planting together. So here's what I need you guys to do. I know you guys are so supportive in this uh, realm, uh, but we have a guy here who is going for broke for Jesus, who decided to leave everything and start a church, who literally started, didn't wait for a building, started a church in a park in Rialto, California, brought out chairs, and people started assembling, and they started doing church in a public park. That's who we have for us, hero of the faith. We need these churches. We need five million of them across America. I need you to give them a warm welcome and receive them here at Camarillo Community Church. This is Tracy Crawford, Tri-City Church. Come on out, Tracy. Get over here. So Tracy's going to be preaching the word for us today. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, uh, you know, give you a heads up. He's used to a little bit more amens than we have around here, 
And so if you can help that, yeah, help him out a little bit, it'll, it'll make him flow, and we can get to lunch, because he ain't going to stop until he gets some more amens. <laughs> hey, Tracy, I got something for you that you didn't know was going to happen. Come on out here. Uh, around here, we like to do something special, and so uh, this church wow. has decided to give, in fact, our mission stream and our elders team came together and said, we'd like to give Tri-City Church $3,000. We couldn't have you come out here without, without wow. us giving you a blessing as well. <laughs> Thank you, Angela. You guys have been so awesome. I think we collected $50,000 last month outside of our budget for, uh, you know, a sex trafficking issue here in L.A. County. And we just didn't want to have you come without giving you something. And so that'll be for you and your church as well. Would you give me a hand and, and listen real well? Hey, man, she's pretty good. I, I walked right by her and didn't even see that. <laughs> and thank you, uh, Pastor Dave. And uh, thank you, uh, Camarillo Community Church. Um, this is obviously my second time, so before I leave today, I do expect to get my coffee mug. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and, and go to the Word of God. Let, let me pray real quick. Dear God, we just thank you for this day, for this time that you've allowed us to come together to hear your Word. Lord, we pray that you touch hearts and touch minds that we may be open and receptive to what you have for us in your word. Lord, I pray that you hide me behind the cross that they may not hear me, but hear you through me. Let the words of my mouth, meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. My Lord, my strength, and my redeemer, we all said together, amen. There we go. We got that down right there. <laughs> amen. So if you have your Bibles, go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter number 20. I'm 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 20. And my assignment is to preach on verses 20 through 28, so I'm going to go ahead and read it for you real quick in your hearing. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 20, and it reads as follows. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive. For each in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, then at his coming those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom to God, the Father after destroying every rule and every authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death, for God has put all things in subjection under his feet. But when it says all things are put in subjection, it is plain that he is expected who put all things in subjection under him. When all things are subjected to him, then the Son of Man also will be subjected to him who put all things in subjection to him, to under him, that God may be all in all. Amen. So for the time that is ours to share this morning, I'd like to talk to us from the subject, the consequences of the resurrection. The consequences of the resurrection. So an interesting fact about me is that you may not be able to tell, but I am a nerd. I'm a big nerd, and <laughs> amen to all the nerds in the house. <laughs> and one thing that, um, that I've discovered in life uh, while being a nerd is that all truth is God's truth. And if it's true, that means that it is God's truth, which is why one of the things I really love are physical laws. And one of my favorite laws is Isaac Newton's third law. And Isaac Newton's third law is for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. Uh, another way we can put this is that there is a consequence for every action. And in most instances, while we get to choose our actions, very rare do we get to choose the consequences of our actions, which is why so many of us hate that word consequence. As a matter of fact, when we hear the word consequence, it usually carries a, a very negative connotation. But the truth is that consequences are nothing more than just the result or effect of an action or a condition. As a there goes my coffee mug. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Amen. The consequences of asking for a coffee mug is you get your coffee mug. Amen. The consequences of Healthy eating often results in a healthy lifestyle. The, the consequences of exercise often results in better cardiovascular health. 
The consequences of studying and working hard in school often results in better grades that you would, than you would receive if you didn't put in the work. And in the words of Pastor Dave last week, the consequences as to whether or not you should add brown sugar to your spaghetti sauce, which I have yet to try, will, according to Pastor Dave, make your, your spaghetti sauce take a lot, taste a lot better, right? In other words, watch this. There are consequences for every action or condition. And this is the heart of what Paul was conveying to the church here at Corinth. You see, last week in the text, we discovered that Paul, in dealing with the terrible notion of what consequences would happen if the resurrection wasn't true. And if the resurrection wasn't true, that would mean that Jesus wasn't resurrected. And if Jesus wasn't resurrected, that would mean that we are all wasting our time today. And then that would mean that everything that we have believed has all been in vain. And there would be, and, and if that were the case, every single one of us would be lying on God. And because we're lying on God, that means that we are all still stuck in sin. And if that were the case, it means that those who are already dead would stay dead. That the hope that we hold will be hopeless. And that, we, and, and, that, and that all of us will be people to be pitied. How many of us believe, wow, man, that's terrible. But I got some good news for you today. That this isn't the case. And because the resurrection is true, there are some consequences that we now get to enjoy. So the question is, what are the consequences now that we know that the resurrection is true? I'm glad you asked. The first consequence we see in this text is that because the resurrection is true, watch this, it confirms Christ's ministry. Now, C.S. Lewis is known for his novel Chronicles of Narnia, um, but he is noted making the following, the following argument. What he says is that, uh, pertaining to Jesus, you must make a choice. Either this man and is the son of God, or else he is a madman, or something worse. Watch this, you can shut him up for a fool, you can spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come patronizing this nonsense about him just being a good moral teacher. He has not left that open for us. He has not even intended to. He goes on further to say, now it seems to me obvious that he was either, he was neither a lunatic nor a fiend. And consequently, however strange or terrifying and unlikely it may seem, we have to accept the fact that he is and he was and is God. So, how, so you want to know what changed this man who C.S. Lewis was once an atheist. But what changed this atheist's mind was the proof of the resurrection. So when we look at verse number 20, it says, watch this. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. So remember Paul's argument back in verses 12 through 19 gave us a glimpse of what it would look like if this wasn't true. But here he is confirming for us the simple fact that guess what? It is true. And so, so what does it mean that this is true? Watch this. Con con contrary to many of the beliefs that we hold, the primary purpose of Jesus coming to the earth was not just to heal the sick. Jesus did not come just to perform signs and wonders. As amazing as these things are and these stories were to those who witnessed them and to those of us who were able to read about them, these were not the primary reasons for Jesus coming. The primary reason for Jesus coming was to reveal to us the Father and demonstrate his love towards us. The culmination of all that Jesus did was tied directly to his life and his sacrificial death. But watch this, the proof of his ministry was solidified by his resurrection. I like to put it like this, his death was what was necessary to pay the price for our sins. But it was the resurrection that God gave to mankind, the receipt showing that it has been paid in full. Now, I don't know about you, but that's good news for me. That's, a, that's one of those amen moments right there. So, so, so watch this. His death was great news. This is good news because this shows us how much God loves us in spite of us. That he would be willing to die for us. And, and, and so, and, and here it is, because Jesus was willing to die for us, God accepted his gift 
and it was approved through his resurrection. Now watch this. However great this is, it's amazing to, to know how many people want to have objective standards. We want objective standards to every aspect of our life except in regards to salvation. But imagine you went to the doctor and he was getting ready to perform an operation. He said, now I think this is where I need to cut. You know, other doctors have some idea of where to cut, but let me check this way out just to see if this is right. How many, who would stay there? Better yet, how about this? How about we went to a pharmacist? And the pharmacist said, well, I think this is the medicine you should take. Now, the pharmacist down the street has a different view. But, but, but I think we should try, try this one. What do you think? Okay, you're going to like that one. Watch this. <laughs> Let's say you got ready to get on the airplane. And the pilot says, well, I think I'm supposed to push this button. But the engineer over here says, I need to push this button. And the flight attendant says, I need to push this button. So let's try this button right here and see if this one gets us off the ground. How many of you would stay on that plane? Now think about this. At the doctor's office, you want the truth. At the pharmacist, you want the truth. At the airplane, you want the truth. You don't want the pilot saying to you, I think, or the doctor saying, I think, or the pharmacist saying, I think, because guess what? If something goes wrong, I I'm pretty sure we'll have a good lawsuit on our hands. But watch this. If we can accept and respect the truth of the doctor and the truth of the pharmacist and the truth of the pilot, how come we can't accept the truth of Jesus? But if you want a little bit of proof, I'll give it to you right here. If we check the grave of Confucius, we'll find that his bones are still there. If we go over to the Green Dome of Saudi Arabia, there we will find Mohammed's bones are still there. If we go to Nuevo, Illinois, we will discover that Joseph Smith's bones are still there. If we go to the Rosemont Cemetery in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, you'll see that Charles T. Russell's, his bones are still there. If you check the records of, of L. Ron Hubbard, you will discover that his bones were burned and scattered over the Pacific Ocean, which shows that guess what? He's still there. But if you go over to a borrowed tomb in a city of Jerusalem, you will discover that the tomb is empty. His body is gone. His bones aren't there because right now he is seated on the right hand of the Father. And guess what? He is making intercession for us. So we should be convinced that his ministry was certified. But look at the text. Look at the text. Not only does it show, not only does a resurrection confirm Christ's ministry, but watch the text. It also commences the new life. Look, I, I know the slide says the B part, but I, I want to begin at verse 20. It says, but in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, by a man has also come the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die. So also in Christ shall all be made alive, but each in his own order. Christ the firstfruits, and at his coming those who belong to Christ. Now, look at this. The text says that the resurrection here is the commencement of the new life. But let me explain this a little bit further for you. Here when we speak of, of firstfruits, it's, it's not speaking in regards to the first one to ever rise from the dead. Because remember, while Jesus was, was walking the earth, remember, he, he, he resurrected Lazarus. And he, he brought back Jairus' daughter. But here, the, fir, the term first fruits is derived from the Jewish feast of first fruits. It is in a, it's the festival where the first fruits is presented unto the Lord. It was a representation of the first portion of the first installment of the crops or flock that was offered as a thanksgiving to God. This term signifies the pledge of the remainder. Let me say that again. Watch this. This term signifies the pledge of the remainder and commonality and the assurance of a full harvest. So here it is. Here it is. Jesus' resurrection was the first installment of that which includes the whole. So watch this. He is the first part of that which includes you and I. 
All right, let's try this again. Watch this. We're going to get this right. He was the first part of that which includes you and I. He is the best of, of, of that which is to come. So, so what does this look like? Watch this. Unlike the widow's son who Elijah the prophet revived from the dead and Lazarus who was resuscitated from the dead, the resurrection of Jesus Christ shows something new. You see, this wasn't just a temporary fix for a lifelong problem, but rather it was the once and all solution bringing all of us into a new life in him. Here's what Jesus says. Jesus says like this. Here's what John says. John says, and this is the testimony that God has given us life. And this life is in his son. Whoever has the son of God has life. And whoever does not have the son of God does not have life. But watch how he does it. Because of the resurrection, watch this, we received a gift. And here is what that gift looks like. It is called his presence. And, and, and so, and how do we, are we able to receive his presence? Through the Holy Spirit. And so, because of the resurrection, Jesus is the first fruit, or better yet, the first of now, the new life we all get to enjoy. And so watch this, this new life does not happen the moment we die. But because when he died, we died in him. And because he lives, now we live in him. And guess what? It's all been signed, sealed, and delivered by the Holy Spirit who is now present and active in our lives. So in other words, here it is. Because of the resurrection, we get to experience his presence right now. Because of the resurrection, we get to experience his power right now. Guess what? Because of his resurrection, we have the ability to experience his peace right now. We get to enjoy his, his power right now, his fellowship right now, to overcome our fears right now, to heal our hurts. Watch this, right now. The story is told of a king who pardoned two criminals who were both headed for death. They were on the way to be killed for the crimes that they had committed. But the king issued a pardon. And, and he told both men that they can both now go free. But we discovered that there were two different reactions of the men. You see, the first criminal who had experienced the pardon uh, was full of joy and excitement. With exuberance, he was shouting and screaming and looked at the pardon and said, Man, what joy to know that I was on my way to death, but now I have been given life. And it was not because of anything that I had done. The other criminal stood there trembling. He said, Could this really be true? This has to be a joke. No one in their right mind would ever do anything like that for me. Look at what I've done. He was terrified, and rather than having the joy uh, as the first criminal, he felt miserable. In fact, the second criminal even tried to discourage the first criminal from having the joy that he had by trying to convince him that this is not real. Because the first criminal believed the pardon, he had the assurance and the joy that came because of his release. But because the second criminal did not believe the pardon, he had neither the joy nor the assurance of his release. And so he looked at the paper and, and he thought, man, this could not be true. So here it is. The newness of life doesn't just happen at the final coming of Christ. But the good news is today is that this new life happens right now. Your new walk happens right now. Your new talk happens right now. Your new song happens right now. Your new name happens right now. Your new beginning happens right now. Your new future happens right now. Because of the resurrection, we, who, those of us who are in Christ get to experience the newness of life, not tomorrow, not when it comes back, but guess what? We get to experience it right now. But look at the text. I'm, I'm, it's still not done. Not only do we see that the consequences are that it, that it uh, certifies Christ's ministry, it confirms his Christ, it commences a new life. But watch this. The final consequence that we see is that it certifies the destruction of death. I'm not making this stuff up. I promise you, if you look in your Bible, you will see exactly what it says. Here it says, watch this. It says, then comes the end until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. For God has put all things in subjection under his feet, but when it says all things are put in subjection, it is plain that he is expected 
uh, who put, uh, put all things under, uh, in subjection under him, when all things are subjected to him, he, then the Son of God, his, the Son himself, will also be subjected to him who put all things in subjection under his feet that God may be all in all. Now, before we explain what this is saying, let me go ahead and first explain to you what it's not saying. All right, this statement right here does not disrupt the co-equal coexistence of God the Son, making him less than God. Here we are not saying that Jesus will be put in subjection to God. But what this is showing us is that Jesus' submission to the plan of God, and, and, and because of his submission to the plan of God, the, the, when everything has been completed, that's the completion of our salvific work. So what is happening here? Here we discover that, that the completion of Jesus' work is completed when he destroys death. So I know hopefully your minds are like mine was at this time. How can we have the newness of life and still experience death? Anyone else ask that question to yourself? How, how is this possible? So, here, so here's how it happened. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, they experienced spiritual death immediately. You see, the moment that God handed out punishments, he immediately banished them from the garden. And, and, and the relationship between God at that moment was immediately severed. Now, physical death came later on in the picture. So, so here it is. When the text shows that Jesus is destroying death, it shows that not only do we get to experience a resurrected body, but here's the best part. We now have a restored relationship between us and God. Because of what Jesus did, um, death, which was, only, which was not only the separation between God and man, but death was said, the separation between our body and our soul. But watch this, because of what Jesus did, now death is the uniting of our soul with our spiritual body. Okay, let me try this one more time. <laughs> We're going to get it. We're going to get it. Because of what Jesus did, death is no longer the enemy. But because of what Jesus did, now death is the gateway to our eternal body, our glorified body. You see, you see, at one time, death was the enemy of mankind. But now, death is the gateway to what God has prepared for us. You see, so, so watch this. Now, for those of us who are in Christ, we no longer have to be afraid of death. Because the moment that we go through death, guess what? We go from life to eternal life. Okay, let's try this again. <laughs> We're we going to figure it out. We're going to figure it out. Watch this. Now for those of us who, be, who belongs to Christ. So for those of us who belong to Christ. Thank you. It's hot up here. <laughs> so now for those of us who belong to Christ, no longer have to be afraid of death. Because guess what? Death is not the end of the story. But death is, guess what, a transition from this life to the afterlife. It is a transition from this life, watch this, to eternal life. Josh McDaniels writes in, McDowell writes in a book, More Than a Carpenter, that many people have died for causes they believe. In the 1960s, many Buddhists uh, burned themselves to death in order to bring world attention to Southeast Asia. In the early 70s, a, a San Diego uh, student burned himself to death protesting the Vietnam War. And in 2001, several Muslim extremists hijacked airliners crashing into the World Trade Center towers and the Pentagon to inflict damage on a nation that they considered to be an enemy of their religion. But here's the question, what good is a dead Messiah? You see, the apostles thought they had a good cause to die for. But they were stunned when they watched their good cause die on the cross. They believed Jesus to be the Messiah. They were convinced that he would set up God's kingdom to rule over the people of Israel. But his death 
shattered all their hopes and dreams. They denied him. They locked themselves behind a room for fear of their lives and even returned back to their former lives. But after the resurrection, these same men who were terrified became convinced that he was indeed the Christ. After the resurrection, they became committed to staying the course and completing their work. But after the resurrection, they became commissioned to preach the gospel. After the resurrection, they were willing to go all the way to the end, not only testifying with their, with their mouths, but also testifying with their very lives. So watch this. All this was made possible and accomplished for us because of his resurrection. So as I close, I want to leave you with a few questions. Question number one, are you resting in the truth of who Jesus is? Are you resting in the truth of who Jesus is? Question number two, are you enjoying the newness of life that we have received as a result of Christ's work? Let us pray. Dear God, we just thank you for this time. Lord, we thank you for the, the free gift of, of salvation that you have given to us. Lord, we thank you for the resurrection. Lord, we thank you for what the resurrection means to those of us who place our hope and confidence in Christ. So, Lord, we just ask that as, uh, that as we, you allow the Holy Spirit to make this live within us, that we may be like the thief who was pardoned for his sins, Lord, that we may enjoy the fullness of what your resurrection means to us. Lord, that we may enjoy the full satisfaction of, of the fact that not only did you die, not only were you buried in the grave, but on the third day, we, 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 we praise you for getting up out the grave. Lord, we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you, Pastor Tracy. You know, um, when Jesus went to the cross, he was bearing the full penalty and weight of the sin of the world not, uh, for all of time. That includes my sin and your sin. That punishment that came with that sin, he full, uh, bared the full weight of that as well. Now, I don't know that, what that was like. It must have been absolutely horrific what he went through to have God turn his back and feel the wrath of God for the sin of the world. Um, but I do know this, that Jesus did that willingly. He did it for you and me so that we may have a relationship with him. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you can know him today. Becoming a Christian is simply a matter of calling out to Jesus and receiving his salvation, saying, Lord, I need your forgiveness for my sins. He's made the way so that we can be with him forever and eternity and have this life that Tracy was describing in his message. But it begins with a prayer, a prayer of, of surrender, of giving up on the way you've been living and the way of the world and, and turning towards God and say, God, I'm going to live your way. I'm going to live for you. If you're at a point where you're ready to do that, maybe God's drawing you. He gets to people through different ways and he communicates through messages and worship and people. Um, and maybe you're here today and God's pulling you towards him. And would you just let us know if you're ready to do that? Um, if you're online, you can go to campcc.net and click on Next Steps. Fill that form out, and one of our pastors will get back to you. If you're here with us in person today um, at the welcome counter on the left-hand side of the lobby on your way out, there's people there who would be who want to talk with you about this. We want to get you a Bible if you don't have one. Uh, we want to be able to pray for you and answer questions and walk with you in your journey towards Christ. So would you just please let us know if God's doing something with you. We're going to uh, receive our offering now. It's a privilege to give to God, to be able to partner with him, um, that God's doing amazing things in the world, and it's an investment that we have the privilege of making with him. And if you want to partake in that, being faithful to what the scriptures ask us to do in giving, um, you can do that. There's three ways to participate, um, as you can probably see on the screen today. Um, we can give online at campcc.net. If you write a check, there's an offering box in the lobby. Um, or you can text to any amount you want to donate to 84321. Okay, let's see. We're going to do something uh, different today. I don't know if you know Ray Kwan and Julie. Um, if they could come up and Pastor David and any of our elders who are here today, if you want to come up on stage with us. Um, we're, it's Church Plant Sunday. 
Raid Kwan's church was planted right here in our midst eight years ago, and they've been sharing the facility, All Nations Church, and they're kind of just um, stepping out and going to the next phase in the life of their church, and they have the, their own facility, and this, uh, this Sunday will be their first Sunday in their own facility, but we wanted to pray for them a little bit. Pastor David. Yeah, this is great. Uh, again, Church Plant Sunday, and uh, years ago, before I even got here, you know, All Nations Church started right here. Uh, we've supported them over the years. If any of you uh, might know this journey, you know, you have a child, becomes a toddler, becomes an adolescent, becomes a young adult, and then one day, they go, and uh, and we have to bless them to go. And this is a wonderful time where we get to bless this church. And, and Ray, we're praying that maybe one day, the Lord would use you guys to start another church, and you could do the same thing that we had the privilege to do with you. Uh, certainly, from one end of the spectrum, uh, starting with passion to now here going to stage two, uh, it's been a wonderful time. I want to give the microphone to, to Jim, and then uh, and I know, Ray, you might want to say some things too, so we'll, we'll do that, and then we'll pray for you. So, Ray, it's been a joy working with you to see uh, God uh, blessing your church and blessing the um, uh, the growth and uh, taking these initial steps out uh, with a new uh, new place um, we want to um, send you in with a full love and full support of everyone here in this auditorium so if we could just give them a hand right now that would be awesome just so overwhelmed uh, with the grace of God and for what you have done for over eight years while we are staying here um, to God be the glory and may the wor work of the Holy Spirit continue through us when we are weak he is strong praise God all right well let's um Let's put some hands, put some hands over here, and uh, let's uh, enter into prayer. Oh, Lord God, thank you for today. And Lord Jesus, thank you that you said you would build your church. And here we are. We're sending Ray off and Julie um, and this uh, beautiful congregation to uh, start a new location to minister to this community. Father, we ask that your hand would be on them. Would you bless them? you give them all that they need to minister uh, to those that you've given to them in, in their care. Father, would you uh, give Ray and Julie just uh, assurance of your presence, of your uh, favor, and that you will uh, continue to bless them as they serve faithfully you. So Father, would you uh, be with the elders and all those that serve at this church, that they be a light to the world. So we come before you in the name of Jesus. Amen. And just so you know, they're not going far. They just found a more permanent location in Oxnard. If you'd like to know more about that, please make sure you seek Jim or Kenny, and we'd love to give you some more information. We bless you guys. Look at the screens. We have some more videos. Hey, Cam CC. I'm Joey Hawbacher, and I'm part of the Meals Ministry, and I help out with the kiddos in the Rwanda Ministry here at Cam CC. If you are a first, second, or third time guest, we have some gifts for you to thank you for checking us out. We want to put face to a name, so please go to the welcome counter in the lobby with the connection card that you received today. Or if you're watching online, go to camcc.net slash next steps. Check out what's coming up at CamCC. Sunday, June 12th, Baptism Sunday. Take the next step in your faith by publicly showing that you are a follower of Jesus. We will have baptisms for both gatherings. It's not too late to sign up. If you have questions or you need to sign up, please go to camcc.net slash next steps or email Daryl at camcc.net. Tuesday, June 14th, Worship Night. Come join us for a dynamic night of worship, prayer, and scripture. Invite your friends and family to join you from 7 to 8 p.m. It's going to be a powerful night. Also on Tuesday, June 14th, Kids, PJs, and Popcorn Night. Birth all the way up to third grade. Come in your pajamas for a praise party and all you can eat popcorn while your parents are at the worship night. For more information, please check out our website at campcc.net. June 19th through 24th, Fryathon High School Camp. 
incoming freshmen to graduated seniors. It's called Friathon because you'll fry. It will be hot, but this extreme water sports camp will be the best week of your summer. Register today at campcc.net slash Friathon. The purpose of this summer camp is to invite non-believers to hang out in an environment where they will hear the gospel. If you would like to support that by providing a scholarship to a high schooler who did not know Jesus, please email that at campcc.net. Important dates coming up, so make sure to save the date and check out the upcoming events at campcc.net. Middle School Catalina Trip, August 5th through 8th. To stay in the loop of what is going on at CamCC, follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook, or subscribe to our YouTube channel. For more information on any of these events, go to CamCC.net. The Sunday. Again, Pastor Tracy. I mean, what a great message. In case you missed the Easter message, you just heard it again this morning. Um, what a great reminder to be fired up about the resurrection, the newness of life that that gives us, and the joy that we can spread in the community around us in our workplace, in our sports teams, as for coaching or whatever we're doing in our life, that we can just spread that joy, um, that newness of life to those around us. Remember, if it's your first, second, or third time here, you can go out to the welcome counter as you leave today to get your gift. We'd love to get to know you, to talk to you, and to connect with you. If you're watching online, you can do that at campcc.net slash next steps. Parents, reminder, today was promotion Sunday. So when you dropped off your kid, they may have been shifted to a new class, or maybe you went to a new place. So just remember to pick them up uh, in that new place this morning. Um, we hope to see you next Sunday. Invite someone, invite a friend, and have a good week.